0: Hello, good afternoon, and welcome to Taking Ship, your podcast vessel on this voyage through America's dumbest timeline. I'm Frank Spring, joined as always by Ellie Jacobs, a man for whom it can be truly said that he could not love this podcast so much, loved he not honor more. Hey, Ellie. Hey, Frank.
1: As always, we'd like to thank our listeners for their comments, both positive and negative. Uh, there aren't enough of either of them this week, so please up the ante on the criticism and the compliments, please. And we urge you to subscribe and rate us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at, at taking Ship and that's ship with a P as in pummel. Also, Facebook, now that we're there, you should follow us there. Uh, we promise to become more active on Facebook uh, once we invent time machines and either increase our ages by 20 years or subtract them by 20 years. That's correct. Uh, Because we are not in the sweet spot right now.
0: That's right. Yes. So please uh, comment, follow, do all those things. We are so very, very thirsty and we need you to slake our thirst. And now joined in in studio uh, today by uh, a very special guest, uh, truly the godfather of this this podcast in many respects. uh, The Commodore even. The Commodore, yes, that's exactly right, the Commodore of this goddamn ship of fools. Um, please, what we, please please, uh, please join us in welcoming Jason Stanford uh, to the program. Jason is the Communications Director for the Mayor of Austin, uh, although I cannot emphasize enough how much he is appearing in a personal capacity on this podcast. Uh, he is a writer. You should read his stuff in the Texas Monthly. Uh, you should read his book, Adios Mofos, which is quite funny and good. Uh, he's been around democratic politics for a long time. Uh, he is a funny man, a very able man. Jason, thank you for joining us. Well,
2: thanks for having me. And and uh, I got to say, uh, I love what you guys have done with the podcast. Well, I'm a little surprised, though, because when I initially conceived of it, I thought it was going to be a lifestyle blog. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs>
0: And, and it did, and then it turned out the lifestyle we were pushing was was so troubling that it became a podcast about politics. <laughs>
2: just how weird that lifestyle was. And I yeah. admire the way that you always started out with a good harangue. Oh, you yeah. know, You're like, mm-hmm. what better intro to a, a podcast than just getting lectured? Oh, I people love, love that. It's, I mean, it's, it's my favorite part. That's funny. tune in for. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, listen, what people want is to be lectured at length by white dudes. <laughs> if history has taught us anything. Yeah. It's and the, that's what people uh, like. And I think what this podcast has
2: always been lacking is yet another white
0: dude. Is yet and another I'm white dude?
2: I'm happy
0: to know it's it's a, you know it's been a shame, but uh, but we're finally taking a step for. As the CIA said, we are we are uh, celebrating the spirit of inclusivity by crushing our opponents, <laughs> our adversaries. That's what they said. They literally issued a statement in which they said they celebrate diver- the spirit of diversity by crushing their adversaries. Eh,
2: that's which, is, to which go which is what it? we
0: do on this podcast. I, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Who are our adversaries? You don't know because they've been crushed, crushed, right. crushed.
1: Lifestyle blogs apparently are an adversary, <laughs> but, we, but, but we crushed them. We're,
0: com- we're coming for you. I was kind of hoping for some gluten-free recipes, <laughs> but this is fine. no this man. Is fine. We're we're going after Goop. It's like this is this is how we issued a fought blog instead. Uh,
2: yeah, we have no. We have we have gluten-free
1: recipes. It's called steak.
0: <laughs> gluten-free. Boy, that's an excellent point. You know, gin I don't think has gluten in it. <laughs> Not enough for me. Oh, no, that's, that's exactly <laughs> right. The <So> one thing <laughs> is lacking gluten. <laughs> Could we get some glutenated gin? Uh, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I, think, okay. I think we've got I think we've got a market here. Isn't that just vodka? <laughs> <laughs> yes.
2: Those of you who haven't been a guest on this podcast, and I think most of your listeners at this point already.
1: No, no, no. We're pretty sure most of the listeners have been guests. That's what I'm saying. saying,
2: Watching Ellie think Mm is, to my mind, (laughs) the best part of this podcast. It's uh,
0: 100%. 100%. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. It's yeah. a, I mean, you've got to watch the artist work to get a sense of the process. <laughs> it's really quite awe-inspiring. It's magical. The
2: glamour of this is I wasn't prepared for.
1: It. Yeah, you kinda, you worry about how deep my eyes can roll into the back of my head before I actually start speaking again.
0: Sure, that's yeah. what we were worried about. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, doing this podcast is a truly harrowing experience. Uh, which yeah, we, after, we afterwards,
2: we recoup uh, for
0: three or four days. Uh, it's, it's really a lot
2: like doing it
0: Know, wondering what am I doing and what? why is this happening? What and even is this? I have other things to do. Why, <laughs> yeah, is, why is this occurring in my life? Eh, well, you know, I mean, listen, it's a meta-commentary on America's Dumbest time.
1: What was that in, uh, in the 92 debates? Uh, Perot's vice president, Admiral uh, James Stockdale. Stock, Stockton, right? Was it, who am I? What am I doing uh, here?
2: here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The 2017 story. <laughs> oh, yeah. 2017
0: should write a memoir that would be a hell of a book deal mm-hmm. yeah yeah if you could embody the single year and then later we could pelt it with stones and drive it from the village your <laughs> yeah, yeah. sins upon your head yeah i mean what's the title though is it why or is it just fuck mm, that remains to be seen there's still three and a half months of this thing to go yeah I think it's headed towards a big finish. Yeah, it's <laughs> a long series.
2: Like eliminating Florida from the from the map is a, a really strong. That's trip. some George Martin shit right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: There was a. I think Mike Crowley wrote an article talking about how Florida never should have existed in the first place. What was it? It was, uh, wait, let me get take it this time. <laughs> right. It was uh, a record. A- yeah. It was uh, Ooh, published on, uh, on Friday. Gosh, a-
0: mercy, and then there's that. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, fuck him. <laughs> Damn. Well, yes.
1: A requiem for Florida, the paradise that should never have been. As Hurricane Irma prepares to strike, it's worth remembering that, that ma- Mother Nature never <laughs> intended <laughs> us to now live you're here.
0: Getting you're getting
2: it. you're getting it. This correct. is really just an exercise in trying to engage Ellie in, in, in conversation. That's
0: exactly While <laughs> <that's just laughs> well, yeah. he looks at Twitter. That's exactly <laughs> That's precisely Yeah. You know, like, you have yeah. a, a secret right. thinking shit. As we say, as the prophecy goes, as soon as someone calls us by our true name and process, we have to end the podcast. So on that note, goodbye, everyone. It's been real.
1: Right. This is basically just my punishment. This is my way of getting my wife, getting everyone to live the life my wife does of just trying to get me to pay attention to her.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's what she's doing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, Frank, where did we want to go? Let's, Where we, let's what are do, we doing? What are we, what are we talking, talking about? What are we talking about? What are we, what are we, about or not what are we doing this week? This week, I'm extremely excited to join the rest of the internet in not talking about verit. Yes, ferret, verit. Yes, ferret. ferret. I no, I will always talk about ferrets. Uh, no, verit. So why aren't we talking about ferrets? You because know,
1: Gary Johnson has not been on the political scene for a few months now.
0: Okay. Fair, sure. fair no, that's good. That's that. That is, that is the correct answer. Ellie, that
2: was good. And you can just take the rest of the
0: podcast off. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Hit the show. And mute. <laughs> Some nice work, Jacobs. <laughs> right. What, what is, Verit? what is Verit? Oh God. What isn't Verit? You're,
2: you're posing that hypothetically. Uh, mm-hmm. as no, I know you want to. I actually have no idea. Yeah. What so this is, about. this is very
0: exciting. So uh, Jason in his professional Again, capacity has been very involved in uh uh, deal, the dealing with the potentialities for what might charitably be called a certain amount of rainfall uh, in the uh, Texas coastal region recently We've had a bit of weather. You had a bit of a bit of heavy weather, yes, yes. Uh, and along with it a certain amount of uh, <clears throat> local difficulty, uh, and and as a result, he has not been uh, glued to the internet, and uh, and as the result has missed the development of Barrett. We've been using Twitter uh, to help people. It's been a new
2: experience for us. I didn't think that was possible. I, it's the damnedest thing. I assumed their stock price may actually rise. It's entirely possible they have some value now. Yeah.
0: Possible. Find some way to put the (laughs) hordes of Nazis to work. Man, hey, why don't you do a day's work? Bring some buckets. Okay. You <laughs> <laughs> have a mop. <laughs> Those torches, can you hold it over here? The light's gone out. <laughs> okay. Go. This is our chance, guys. Chest <laughs> deep long in water, being like, I think we've been had.
1: <laughs> I feel like World War II would have come out very differently if Goebbels
2: had Twitter.
0: Mm. No, lost. <laughs> our hot takes would have surprised. <laughs> <That's exactly right. laughs> <laughs> we hot takes. We've destroyed. We it. Totally destroyed. destroyed. I <laughs> destroyed Hitler exactly right. with the, my nested tweet. The, the Dresden firestorm <laughs> was just an epic takedown. Oh, the, yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the <gym>. <laughs> 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 That's exactly. Right.
1: Eisenhower's grand scheme for D-Day was just you know a fourteen-part tweet storm.
0: That's exactly right. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. That's precisely at the invasion of Sicily is just the Beyonce side-eye gift. Right. <laughs> I don't understand how we lost. We've been on turn all time.
1: Taking ship, a podcast for the three people doing it right now and no one else.
0: <laughs> 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 so, Verit. Verit. Verret. Oh man, this is such a good podcast. Okay, all right, Verit Verit, <laughs> a media company for almost nobody. A media, co- yeah, that's exactly right. Speaking, uh, yeah, speaking of internal, speaking of of, uh, of projects that talk larger than themselves. <laughs> yeah, so
2: Barrett, I've been doing hurricane stuff, and I yeah, have no idea what you've Verit
0: is uh, a, a media enterprise uh, that is run by the DAOs. The, I would say the Peter and Leela Dow. Uh, Peter Dow. D A D A. I think it's D A O U. Oh sure, uh, sure whatever. Yeah, I mean it's and, and so, it's, so for those for those who don't necessarily know, Peter uh, Dow is uh, uh, di- mainly digital American political strategist uh, after
1: his right failed right. rock career and time as a Lebanese militiaman.
0: Yeah, that's really? that's yeah, but that, no, I, I, that's that's one hundred percent true. Wow, <laughs> uh, he was, yeah, Peter Dow was uh, uh, born in Lebanon, uh, was either conscripted into or joined uh, a, a militia, uh, and. Well, in his defense, basically that's what you did at that period yeah. of time and in was, Lebanon. Sure, and he was. This is the interesting thing, though. So he d- occasionally describes his, uh, occasionally uh, uses his time in, in service in the military, or in a, which again is a militia, uh, as a way of kind of gaining credibility on national security. Which like, people who have people who have been in arms do that. I, you know, I wouldn't necessarily hold that against him. There is some question, however, about uh, his time in the uh, in in these in this militia, in part because he says he was conscripted. But apparently the uh, militia that he joined, there's some question about whether they used conscription at that time. So he may simply have joined. But the more relevant point is this militia was the one that was tied to the Falange Party, which was basically kind of proto-fascist group that had roots in uh, in Franco's party and in in, uh, Mussolini's fascists. And also that militia was the one that executed uh, Sabra and and, uh, and Jatila. Uh, So this was before uh, Peter Daud's time with them, which I don't know if it makes his membership better or worse. Anyway, he also had a career as a kind of electronica musician, uh, and uh, and then reemerged as a digital strategist uh, in 04, Uh and he was he worked for uh, Hillary Clinton's first campaign as a digital strategist and was a senior advisor this time as around. This time around as well, a founder of the group uh, the online group uh, Hillary Men, and mm. and and just sort of kind of an odd figure in Democratic politics, and one that I, I sort of get the impression if you read some of the some of the journalism around this. Is not entirely particularly well liked or trusted uh, by a lot of the by a lot of like the anyone crew or, or particularly anyone yeah exactly so oh. yeah I mean there's just and there's uh, anyway what he has done here
2: uh, like with trust not trusted in the way that consultants talk about each other or.
0: Not trusted as as, in, as a man of no honor. As in, there is as in there's something not quite ship-shape about this guy and his motivations. Okay, Yeah. that's 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 the kind of sense about. It. I mean, I, I don't know the man from Adam. Now that we slandered, I, him. now that we slandered, yes. yeah, slandered him, slandered <laughs> him. Now that we've rubbished his good name. Yeah, I don't oh, know the man. Never I'm recover from this, hunt. That's, 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 <laughs> that's exactly Peter Dow. <laughs> oh. Peter Dow, the eighth listener to this podcast, is weeping and destroying destroy right like Normandy. That's exactly. That's precisely it. Um, anyway so we've lost Peter Dow and we've lost either a quarter of our listenership or
1: gained 100%
0: more that's, that's <laughs> precisely it um, so Verit is a new media site uh, that, that characterizes itself as media for the 65.8 million that is the number of people who voted for Hillary Clinton yeah. uh, it right now like a it, publication on the, like yeah it appears to be right now in in a it puts up a series of it's a, it, it's a platform for putting up quotes or a series of what appear to be just slogans, political messages that each of which has, a, has appended to it a seven-digit code. So you can make here you go. So you can see this thing right now. So Verit will put up a thing. Again, that says, for those of you at
2: home, Elliot, <laughs> <the internet. laughs> <laughs>
0: so you'll see it. Hopefully, this time, yeah. So well, it puts, so there's a card that what? puts that put there's a card stop, stop An Ellie. Authentication code. Yeah, there's an authentication code. As if so anyone it, would fake this, right? Well, this is exactly it. it is. It is just a series of cards that you can put a quote up on, or a slogan, or some such, with an authentication code, which you are then expected, presumably, to write down. And then you can go to Verit itself it? and verify that that image actually appeared on Verit. Uh-uh. It is a way of putting up short, facile messages mm. and then verifying that you put up a short, facile message. It has been roundly mocked. and I uh, Yeah. Yeah. So it has been roundly mocked. But before we get into the response, Jason, how do you respond to this? <laughs> <laughs> unbelievably pointless. Even for the internet. <laughs> for the internet. <laughs> I'm on a podcast. <laughs> that now it's dumb. <laughs> Not to, and, that's and, no and, lifestyle and for law. it for a gay, for a guest for a, on taking ship to point, the, <laughs> to point out the dumbness and pointlessness of something on the internet is a truly remarkable development. Yes, yeah, I mean it's it's a huge deal. So it's nice to feel superior to something. That's exactly yeah. we're, we're, This this He's is just, this is a, the taking ship a podcast for punching down. Uh, except <laughs> it, that this it, a multi, it, it, punch, it, it, punching down at the multi-million dollar media company. Because if there's
2: one thing I think that will unite the Democratic Party, it's sloganeering. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, and but also very
2: slogan, just sloganeering, sloganeering, and
0: an insistence on being able to verify, uh, you know, with authority oh. where that slogan came from, which right. is I think really what we've been doing now. That's I will what quotes truly, and to my mind, have always lacked is authentication. Is authentication? Yeah, because if there's any, so here is here we should put that up right, now. We put that up right. <laughs> 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 to to, to verify it. So here is here is the one thing I will say about this, and and well, let, let it be the one thing. Right? Let it be the one. I know exactly. Then we can move on to something else we don't want to talk about. The right has built a much better information warfare system than the left, mm-hmm. in part, in not by putting out a series of great products, but by putting out an enormous number of products that range from uh, you know, professional and slick and fairly well targeted and fairly well run to unbelievably, irredeemably fucking stupid. And the, all of them are reasonably well supported, and, and many of them find audiences, and they tend to die off. So, the left—it is not a terrible thing that out of the left comes this apparently pointless thing. We were going to do something stupid and pointless. In this sense, like we, it is—it doesn't behoove us to discourage people on the left from coming up with information warfare ideas. Okay, but this is not so. In that sense. I guess this may have served some kind of function, but that is about the only good thing that, there, that can be said about this. And to the extent that it's being used as a platform to relitigate 2016, it's actually doing more harm than good, I would argue.
2: Yeah. Okay. All right. There, well, yeah. I think that was charitable. It was also mm. Nice.
0: Well, having rubbed it, having viciously slandered his founder, I felt the need to speak a, no a man of no honor that's time. exactly right for someone that I as much as called a war criminal. I'm so let me be clear. I am not leveling any specific accusations against Peter Dow on this podcast. Nor right. are we defending him from any. No, are we defending him from any. We are agnostic on this point. All right, seems like a harmless way for him to spend his time. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that is that is the take. That is the final, that is the official taking chip take on Verit. So basically, F- Verit is a fidget spinner for Peter Dow. Correct. Fine, why not? <clears throat> yep, awesome. Onward and upward. Actually, now that you've said that, we need more of this kind of shit. There are a large number of people from that orbit that need to be given something to do with their time. I can't think of why I was ever against this. This is a genius <laughs> idea.
1: Do you, do, you know what I'm, do you know what I'm finding most of them are doing now? They're selling Casper mattresses.
0: Yes, yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> They're out here just hawking those things. <laughs> See, that's useful. That's a social good.
2: That's right. We're out here giving have, You can't have a bad night's sleep on Casper mattress. Well, you,
0: cer- you certainly can't. No, I've said it once.
2: I've said it once. <laughs> <I've sat> it- <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: My, you well, know, this is my, my my grandfather's last piece of advice to me. You can't get a bad night's sleep on a Casper long mattress. all he was our right. friends
2: tired of listening to us talk about the Casper mm-hmm. mattresses. And a
0: great night's sleep. And yet, how could they, and, but honestly, I have never tired of hearing you talk about how great it is to sleep no, on a Casper I'm mattress. True, it's impossible. There's the really awkward thing is that we all sleep together on the same on Casper, the same <laughs> Casper <laughs> mattress, <laughs> Which, you know, it somehow retained its firmness, despite the fact that we are collectively probably more than it should be than the load-bearing capacity of a Casper really, mattress. I ripped the tag off, I don't know.
1: Yeah. yeah. It also speaks to the variety of sizes and shapes that the Casper mattress can be purchased in.
0: Indeed. Consumer choice is what we're about here at Taking Ship, and we urge you to use your choice to purchase a Casper mattress. Which we are pretty sure is gluten free. <laughs> yes. The choice for the gluten free lifestyle, Casper mattresses. Also, go back to using stamps, please. Via <laughs> That's all I've got. That's my pitch i right. like, Okay. Turning now <laughs> to something presumably better stamps. <laughs> stamps. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, uh,
1: stamps and the implication of the Stamps, of the stamps Acts in 2017.
0: <laughs> talking about good ideas. Is this like the one podcast in the world that stamps.com doesn't advertise on? Yes. That's yes. We beg them. We beg them. <laughs> we said, How do you avoid getting it will Bring back? stamps back. That's exactly right. It's a turnable way. We understand you have more than five listeners. Would you like? Would you like a sponsor? <laughs> no. no, piss off. <laughs> we I will use sticky paper doing squares for the romance, that's of it. A, that's not exactly, for the money. That's exactly right. <laughs> for the glamour, It's the artistic, oh God, the it's, the it's the artistic purity. Please, the, muse, ah. the muse, speaks to <laughs> us, and we, we hear. That's all we know. And all and all, all eight
1: of our listeners are actually traditional philatelists and your stamp.com.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Criminality <laughs> is destroying the marketplace.
0: You're taking the soul out of stamp collecting, sir. And I, for one, won't stand for it. My grandfather was a philatelist. My father was a philatelist. Oh my God, I haven't got used to the stickers. A man <laughs> licks a stamp. <laughs> That's the only way, way one does it. Way to do it.
1: What's and now you're suggesting we just print them out? <laughs> <laughs> print them out like the government?
0: <laughs> the fuck you say? Never heard such rubbish.
1: Stamps.com. Stamps. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: haven't recovered from green stamps. Use the code
1: philatelist for a ten percent discount.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's taking ship with a P is in philatelist. <laughs> yep. All right. All right, speaking of good ideas. <laughs>
2: What, what are we not talking about now? Oh, we are now not
1: talking about Priorities USA, which is, um, my best understanding is it's the ongoing super PAC of the 2017 Democratic Party, has released a yet a new, another new website that uh, poses itself with some polling data from the Global Strategy Group and um, its mission, if my website will continue working, I think Jason cursed it. Uh, the, our priorities we 're fighting to mobilize and persuade every American possible on the important issues that affect their lives and building a state of the art research, digital and communications infrastructure to do so
0: that doesn't so, sound like it was written in washington d c at all No
1: no no,
0: nope. some grassroots because what the people want, what the people need when they go to the town halls <laughs> is whatever the fuck you just said
1: people yeah, like, so this goes on for many pages, and you can click on little thingies and they bring you to so, i don 't really understand, I don't understand what what it is. But going back, this kind of goes full back back to Frank's point about um, just the creation of more information hubs and websites on the left. And that seems that this is what it is doing. I, not okay. really finding that there's a whole lot of actual useful information. So for instance, if you click here, how Priorities USA is protecting the right to vote? Okay. As voter suppression measures, measures include including voter ID and the elimination of early voting hours, are sweeping the country on the heels of Trump's false claim of a rigged election. Priorities USA is employing a multi-pronged strategy at both the grassroots and legisl- legislative
2: levels, and where necessary, in court. Well, that's great. I mean, because if there's one thing
0: that I hate, it's a single prong. Right. That's when it must be multi We tried doing a single-prong thing. It turned out it was just a stick. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, actually, why don't we should just? I'm going to start setting up a series of projects that are simply single prong. <laughs> so this is all we do, man. We're just we're fo- We're all in on this one fucking prong. We're going to call it the prong. There's just one thing, man. Like, <laughs> a uniprong. A uniprong approach. approach. We're doing a uniprong approach. I've yes. got a new. I've got a new system. It's simple, smaller it's better. This system. Is better. Thing. Poking things with things with a prong. <laughs> yeah. As as we discussed, it seems the the,
1: the Postal Service's response Mm -hmm. to, you know, being pushed out of business by technology, they've gone with a single prong approach of Stamps.com.
0: Right. Yes, exactly. So
2: a super PAC, which can't coordinate with the office holders, is going to save us, save our votes. Yeah. Yeah. By just talking to us. Yes. And then also on the internet. Yeah, well, they're
1: looking for money. It's that's what market. that's what they seem yeah, exactly.
0: they want. That's
1: the third hmm? They're looking for money. That's the, yeah, that's
0: that's what, the oh, and, and this is yeah. This is a profit. yeah that's yeah. There's they're, they're certainly an element of that, but this is also, I think, uh, sort of a broad function of the way that the left is trying to compensate for the fact that the Republicans have done like a truly superlative job of setting themselves up, setting up the kind of entire Republican political ecosystem to be active and vital during election cycles and also in the off cycle, right? Like, this is the way that the Republican infrastructure is set up means that, you know, its its operatives are being, you know, staffed and are being housed and paid, right, fed and watered. Uh, Its candidates are being recruited and trained and funded. Uh, Its, you know, papers are being written. Its communication strategies are being devised. At at you know, and not just at the federal level, but also at the local level, pretty much all the time, with varying degrees of effectiveness. Right? Like, I don't want to conjure this image of, you know, they're they're operating perfectly, you know, countrywide all the time. That's a hundred percent not the case. Uh, but they have, broadly speaking, and, and I think this is now sort of you know matter of public record, set themselves up to be effective in off years and at the local level in a way that the Democratic Party simply has not, and and there is a real interest. On the left and doing this now, the problem, as Jason very rightly uh, highlighted, is that well, a group like priorities can take in can take in money and spend that money on democratic goals, that's one of the problems. That's one of the prongs. Uh, it cannot. Uh, it can't coordinate with uh, because of election law. Can't coordinate with office holders. Can't coordinate with official candidates and candidate campaigns. So that doesn't mean that any of this stuff is a bad idea. But it's simply a reflection of the way that we're sort of groping toward getting the right kind of tools how and, much of this do you and think infrastructure. It, and this may not, and this, this being a pretty
2: imperfect vessel for that. How much of this do you think is Priorities USA trying to get in front of the parade that's happening? Because all this stuff, I mean, everyone out there is fighting on this, right? We're, sure. People are going to court. I mean, this is already happening. It's sure. not like people have been crying out for a super PAC to help us in this fight.
0: <laughs> and the people rose. As well. Oh my <laughs> God, a super PAC! <laughs> Dear Lord, if only there were a website. <laughs> if only there were one. And, and that's that's an extremely astute point because, especially on the on, for example, the voting rights point, uh, Jason Kander's group, Let America Vote, like that, like that is up and running and out and doing the work. Yeah. And then on the legal side, the ACLU is well atop this situation. Uh, and has been, you know, tooth and claw in court, uh, I mean, predating this election to try and preserve voting rights. In Texas, we've been, you know, all the lawsuits
2: against voter ID have been going mm-hmm. on for a long time. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's only, this is one example of how D.C. is trying to, uh, the D.C. left, mm-hmm. is trying to figure out their function right now because yeah. Yeah. all the action right now is happening in cities, in some states, and, you know, the the message is happening where people, where we have... Fights and it's like DC is trying to grow towards relevance in, in that way as a political machine. That's
0: a, that's an incredibly sharp point, and that's exactly there is I think a sense within the Beltway uh, of you know let's we must you know let, you know let's there go my people let me see where they are going so I may lead them right yeah. and yeah
2: and it's then there's just it's and, and they would naturally assume with all this machinery that they should be working and it's well yeah. no one's waiting for the DNC to tell them what to do. That's right.
1: Right. And I think that's also part of it is no one's waiting for the DNC. So all these other groups are, uh, as you were just saying, just filling the void because people want to do something and there's a lot of money floating around. And without any organization or kind of collective will to actually to actually do something together, you end up with all this scatterbrain bullshit that really doesn't do very much. I mean, they had so the Priorities USA website, Priorities.org, um, they've got five priority areas winning in 2018, 2020 and beyond persuading and mobilizing voters, a research hub for progressives, protecting the right to vote, and supporting grassroots action. Sure. Nice. Good.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Yeah. Sweet.
1: Nothing disagreeable there, but but why?
2: Well, I mean, maybe to show that they're aligned with what's happening right now so that when they do start spending money next year, it's not so out of left field. Maybe there's some authenticity to it, some seeming authenticity. Describe this authenticity you speak of,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and this is yeah. Okay. So the left, I think that's uh, Jason. I think is, has gotten the, has gotten the right end of the stick on this thing. This I is the, the, the inside the bellway trying to figure out what oh you God, know, you and that's fair. Back like back I mean, here. you know, I mean, it's you know just a sense of of the. Of sort of how rudderless, uh, and and, and again, this isn't a criticism of priorities per se, but like there there is, you know, so much of the left is still desperately trying to figure out what its function is supposed to be. Well, I'm trying to figure out what happened. Trying to figure out what happened.
2: National trauma. Yeah. And, you know, I've been up to DC two, three times now since the election, and everyone is very clearly still reacting to all of this. Yes. Yeah, that's 100% true. And trying to figure out what's less trying to figure out what's next and still just acting out of raw feelings. I mean, we're mm-hmm. still fighting the damn primary for crying out loud. Exactly. Like why is it? I mean, people talk about how Hillary Clinton, I know you're not going to get to this later, mm-hmm. is still coming out with books about the election, but good Lord, Bernie Sanders is still,
0: you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're still creeping around in a sense litigate. And we will, we will not, I'm very much looking forward to not talking about this a later in the podcast. Um, but to your earlier point, about the about the this being a play out of reaction still trying to figure out what happened. Mm-hmm. My sense just from being in DC in the last, you know, nine months, you know, sort of basically, you know, not just post election, but especially post inauguration, is we kind of got into a space this summer where the left where people started act okay, now is the time like, now we now we now need to do something, right? We've you know we've had our grieving mm-hmm. period, we now need to do something. Okay. We are okay enough to do something when we're clearly not okay. Like right. this is like it's like watching someone go through a stage of grieving Mm-hmm. Uh, and there really has been, I think, a very real sense oh, yeah. of grief uh, where, you know, it's sort of like, okay, like I'm, I'm, I know I've turned the corner. I'm starting to do better now. And it's like, nah, dude, you haven't. Like you're, you are still a complete fucking mess. Yeah, <laughs> You know, and you're- that's okay, right? Like there's nothing wrong with being a complete mess, but pretending that you've gotten your shit together and like, I know what we're going to do and we're all just going to do this thing when you're still reacting out of a place of just raw pain is, is not really serving it much in the way, much purpose. And I, and I think that's kind of where we are now. That's. Right?
1: Showing I mean. up to the big strategy meeting in your sweatpants covered in in pizza grease, having unbathed for four days because you're in such deep mourning is not gonna really move you move move the process along very much.
0: Yeah, but that was my choice, and I stand <laughs> <out> here.
1: <laughs> really good pizza.
0: Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. I just
1: didn't want the smell to go. <laughs> Grease-stained sweatpants, the official uniform of taking ship.
0: That's exactly right. <laughs> oh, also boy. a good band. So. All right. So we now we turn now. To a public service announcement, an important PSA for our listeners. As you know, taking ship is ever alert, ever watchful, ever vigilant to the dangers of alt-centrism. And we see that danger uh, has reared its ugly head again in the form of in the, in a in somewhat unlikely form, which is a tendency to want to give credit to Donald Trump.
1: Donald J. Trump. Uh, Donald J. Trump. And the, John hey, Trump, not Jonathan, John, because he has to have a stupid
0: name. Sure. Uh, is. his middle name is really just John?
1: Yeah.
0: God, this really is on this timeline. (laughs) So recently, Donald Trump uh, very famously famously cut a deal with uh, the uh, leadership of the Democratic Party on the Hill. This would be Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi uh, to extend uh, the debts, to raise the debt ceiling, extend the ability ability of the federal government to, uh, to borrow and spend money for another three months. Uh, tied this to uh, Hurricane Harvey relief, which is very important, um, and, and uh, staved off what would have been uh, a, a very uh, high-stakes partisan fight in the month of September uh, to raise the debt ceiling. Uh, what happens if we don't raise the debt ceiling is we uh, cease being able to pay back our loans uh, and the full faith and credit of the United States government is, is damaged with a uh, long-term, potentially quite, with, with what is widely believed to be potentially quite severe consequences to the global economy, although you will certainly find people in the Republican caucus who actually believe it doesn't matter at all. Mm-hmm, uh, right. But anyway, that, was, that has been staved off for three months. We can talk about whether or not the deal had any value or not, um, And although we, there is no question but that getting of the Harvey aid passed was a very, very good
1: thing. Um, yeah, the last time this yeah. debt ceiling thing really went to the brink, uh, the uh, the credit rating agencies downgraded the credit of the United States, which mm-hmm. that's like if you know, you're trying to take out a credit card and they say you're not worthwhile, so we're not going to let you have the credit card. That's essentially what that meant. So yeah, and it's, it, the it, it, debt ceiling is something that needs to be raised. And the yes. reason it becomes this big inter warfare thing, both on the Republican side and the Democrats, is because Republicans think that, oh, we're spending too much money. Let's cut programming. Let's cut costs, et cetera, et cetera. Then we don't need to raise the debt ceiling because suddenly we have a surplus of money. But that doesn't really actually actually happen
0: because you need to buy shit. Yeah. And this and, and the, the idea that there needs to be a kind of long-term the, the idea I, I mean the more you borrow the more <laughs> pay, you take know, financial management, management, management <laughs> process you need to buy, you shit. Need to buy <laughs> shit, yeah <laughs> the idea that there, the idea that like there, there comes a point at which uh, a government can have so much debt that the payment on the interest of that debt becomes a major budget line and eventually hamstrings your ability to do anything uh, that's real like that happens uh, and it is tended to happen in smaller economies uh, the you know the Greek economy very famously got into this into this spot and where you're trying to pay off your you're trying to pay off your debts, so you borrow more to pay off those debts. You have a higher interest rate. It's called death by interest. Uh, it, the idea that the United States government could get into that is is it's not something that is likely to happen. Um, but nonetheless, the idea that you should be alert to how much you're spending on the interest of your debt, I think, is a really reasonable point. Uh, there has been, however, and this is the alt, where the alt-centrism warning comes in, actually twice. There's two layers of alt-centrism to this, if not more, because alt-centrism is multi-pronged. Uh, and, alt centrism and within alt centrism within alt centrism. I know exactly. Oh, it's like it's, well. like it's it's like if David Brooks had written Dune and <laughs> just wheels within Jesus. wheels. Alt centrism within alt centrism within alt centrism. Um, truly the quits at of alt-centrism. Uh, so, <clears throat>
1: and since all of our listeners do have Frank Spring's phone number, feel free to call him when you can't sleep ever again with that
0: thought. <laughs> <laughs> Just giving the people what they want, nightmarish visions of, uh, of, of David Brooks. who was everywhere and nowhere at the same time. This really powerful concern about the debt, is I mean you know it's sort of like the idea that the debt is a national crisis that needs immediate resolution, is primarily is primarily the province of two parts of American politics. The first is the Freedom Caucus, uh, who have a sort of moral opposition to the uh, government spending money or borrowing money, and the other is uh, the other is the alt center. Uh, the idea that the debt is that being that the debt is, that solving the debt is the first priority because fiscal responsibility is the essential governing principle of the United States of America be damned to the uh, social or political consequences. Uh, That's a very alt-center view. And you see this occasionally. We'll sort of try and raise up a Republican, uh, excuse me, an independent candidate uh, for president, for example, on the idea that, like, this person's going to come in and balance the budget, because if we don't balance the budget, we're all fucked. Uh, and the truth is, like, the budget doesn't need to be balanced for the government of the United States to continue. Um, again, you need to be worried about, you need to be concerned about how much you're paying on the interest on the debt, because eventually that can become so much that you can't function. Uh, but the obsession, with there is an obsession amongst alt-centrists with the idea that the debt is the only, the debt and the deficit are the only things that matter. Um, so anyway, that's, that's one element of alt-centrism to this. The other one, though, the more immediate case is suddenly coming to believe that Trump's willingness to cut this deal means something about him, that this is a sign of progress or some shit, when in fact there is no rhyme or rubric to why or reason to why Trump does things, except that this was probably an easy solution that uh, would allow him to stick Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan in the eye with his own thumb, with his badly undersized thumb, because that's what he likes to do. So do not read that that this man has suddenly not become a misogynist or a racist or someone who governs out of, out of a place of kind of childish narcissism because he's still that dude It just happened to line up with us this time.
1: Yeah, new Trump same as the old Trump. Yeah I
2: think there's another example though of how people are reacting and unconsciously trying to normalize things mm-hmm. Remember in the old days of CGI when you get I mean I would get headaches your your eyes would try Your brain would try to justify the angles and the perspectives mm-hmm. and so when you'd see these movies where everything was special effects, you know, your brain would be trying to square things.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's what we keep
2: trying to do. Like this can't be as normal as it is. And that's why I think your, your contention that we are in America's dumbest timeline is so brilliant because just accepting that we are in a post a lot, uh, uh, maybe pre apocalyptic dystopia, Mm -hmm. if if you're in Florida, Mm -hmm. it's apocalyptic. Mm it's the only rational explanation, but we keep rebelling against that sure. that acceptance
0: absolutely. We want to believe that there is the idea that, that someone was elected president of the United States without having any governing philosophy at all is you know beyond this kind of be, beyond his personal psychological pathologies is really troubling like that's and that and, and I don't blame anyone for wanting that not to be so but there's no point in pretending it isn't so it is so right and the idea that like oh now suddenly we're beginning to see anything other than that on this one random occasion his pathology is lined up with what the democratic party wanted uh, or the leadership of the democratic party wanted uh, there's nothing more to it than that yeah. right
1: he's still a 70 year old man who has no idea what he's doing is completely unqualified incapable and incapable and incompetent who saw an opportunity to as you just said stick it to paul ryan and mitch mcconnell and more importantly for his own you know tiny ego to get the spurt of actually getting a win, and the reports were that he was crowing that how good the coverage was on. Again, uh, for all you alt centers, alt centrists out there, he was so thrilled about the coverage on Morning Joe, which supposedly he doesn't watch. Yeah, there you this, this was a win. This was an ego boost for him.
0: Mm-hmm. He doesn't care. Yeah,
1: he doesn't and, understand it either.
0: Yeah, and we may see. That's exactly right. And we may see more of this because. Because of the way that he, he sort of his behavior is and in, in the incentive structure that he's created for himself, it's possible that we may see more of this kind of cooperation because he's gotten it's been reinforced by positive media coverage, which, as we know, is the only thing that he really cares about meaningfully how he is how other people see him. But it will it can turn around
2: just as quickly. But even that, what you're doing right there, you're trying to assign a logic pattern to a sure. a governing ethos and and then that puts liberals in the and not a few conservatives in the horrible position of having to insist upon reality and appearing strident and angry Mm -hmm. and maybe we are strident and angry but when people are insisting upon illusions and we're trying to say no 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 this guy is up Mm -hmm. it makes us seem
0: pedantic but people damn it they're just not accepting that the sky is up here Mm -hmm. sure and this is how like when this is this is what we're in many respects i think actually i i you can kind of see what led to uh, the the execution misfire that is verit, right? Like it is an attempt to it's basically verit seems to me an attempt to say we can assert something and then and then verify the truth of that. But
2: right? mm-hmm. it is
0: possible to make an assertion that can be verified. Mm-hmm. Uh, now the problem is this is I, and, this is not and all we all know how
1: well fact-based
0: arguments work. Okay. You know, and this is and this is uh, I mean and to your point Elliot, it's exactly right. Like fact-based argument, the idea this is something that, that the left understandably is clinging to. Uh, the idea that we have to get back to the idea that we have to get back to a place where we have a shared reality we can assert a truth, and everyone can agree to that the point that i the, the, mm. sort of the point that I would make is that is, and the idea that this is not normal. The fear that I have is that the period of of American history in which there was a sort of collective reality that was not shared by most Americans. It was what we're talking about is a, a collective reality, an agreed set of facts, that was agreed primarily by white Americans, right? Like this is, there have been people, in, there have always been people in America to whom, uh, for, you know, for whom their reality is quite different than the kind of accepted mainstream uh, you know, uh, white view, right? So the post-war order in which there were, you know there's radio, there were newspapers, there were a small number of television stations that pretty much all white people watched or listened to, or uh, you know, or read. Uh, could assert uh, could assert a number of truths, and they were all. It was a kind of collective point from which that again, primarily white argument. That private, it was they were made for a white audience and primarily by white and primarily white, by white producers uh, asserted a an agreed reality, and it I don't think is a coincidence that that came at a time when there was also an agreed enemy. There was the Soviet Union functioned as a kind of, the reality was always shaped by the other, right? Like Mm -hmm. there is an evil out there that is communism. We can all agree is the real problem here. Now, uh, you know, women and people of color uh, might say, actually we've got other problems in the Soviet Union, such as the fact that the American dream has never been extended to us in our own homes. Um, But, you know, so, but that period, that post-war period, when there were a limited number of information sources, there was a defined enemy. That we've sort of taken that to be normal because the post World War II order defined so much of what we think of as being American. That actually uh, in American history is kind of a blip. Right? Mm. That's that is that has not been the norm before that. Mm. Before that kind of rise, before that kind of rise, conspiracy theory, uh, weird, just political weirdness was the order of the day, mm. uh, and. And, and people were very much choosing, kind of, you know, what conspiracy theory explained the world best. Mm. Uh, so, you know, in many respects, we may be slipping back to a norm rather than uh, experiencing something entirely new. It doesn't make it any less concerning. But the idea that this is something unprecedented in American history, I just don't think is true. Mm. Yeah, there's a terrific article in uh, the September issue of The Atlantic
1: by Kurt Anderson called How America Lost Its Mind. And it kind of tracks along very much what you were just saying, Frank. It's, it's worth checking out. We'll, we'll put it on the uh, Taking Ship. Um, Twitter feed so that everybody
0: can get tweets and fix the world that way. Yes. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Twitter to the rescue. Something we can find, finally we're back. Finally we are talking about Twitter. Isn't it time that oh we talked about God. Twitter? Oh my God. We yeah. went this long without talking about Twitter. Twitter. I know, I know. You know, I, I felt cold. Think of
2: all the time authentication codes.
0: <laughs> That's exactly right. God. That's real. There it's not a parody? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Wow. That we know of. that That, that or actually... Is it he, a, is better Peter Dow has had us all and good. <laughs> is that what the kids call it?
2: Cell phone. Yeah. Okay. A, uh,
0: what do the kids call it?
2: A self own Ah, mm-hmm. uh, yes. It up and just kind of showed his own. Ass. Brutally
0: self-owned. Yeah. Uh, yep. Something like that.
1: Well, it seems to be working for him. Mm-hmm. I guess. I don't know. We're all mm-hmm. talking about it.
0: Speaking of relitigating.
2: <laughs> what are we not talking about next?
1: Oh yeah! What are we not talking about next? We are not talking about um, the 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 upcoming book tour for Hillary Clinton's new book, um, which whose title I can all, can't remember because I've driven it from my head. What uh, happened? What happened? Yes, what happened? That's yeah. That's a, that's I, that. I,
2: I, I should be fair.
1: So at least she, at least she came up with the <laughs> right. At least she
0: got the right title. It does what it says on the tin? Maybe. It should have been the question mark. And I would have been like, yep, that's it. That's the book we need.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Snake oil salesman.
0: It's like how the prompt for Twitter is always what is happening. I'm like, dude, I don't know what he's asking me for. Yeah, I'm here to you, for you to tell me what's happening. <laughs> Fuck. If you've got any ideas, tweet them out. Yeah. Anyway. So this book, what happened? Uh, her view of the uh, of the 2016 race is out, or it's coming out. Um, book tour starts soon. Uh, I believe it may have started this morning. Wasn't okay. she doing well, an interview in with? Case, in that case, the CBS book tour has already started. Has anyone actually read the book? Uh, snippets mm-hmm. of it have come out, and there have been reviews.
1: Yeah, yeah, CNN apparently got their hands on a book from a bookseller in Florida that sold it too early, or you know was willing okay. to take a hundred bucks for whatever. So there have been some. Uh, there's been some stuff that has been put out by the publisher. There's been other stuff that's come out from these few people who have read it and come out with reviews. And at this point, they're all harping on her reaction to Donald Trump when he was following her on the debate stage during the town hall debate. And Why? Uh, her reaction, her um, idea that Bernie's entire, Bernie's entire policy platform was everybody gets a pony yeah. and how you can't run against that. Right. So thus far there hasn't been anything that's been um uh how do you call it uh interesting?
2: Okay. Hmm. Well, when you say harping, what do you are people criticizing her for saying that because what you
1: Yes. People are criticizing her for uh relitigating the primaries by saying that right. why are you talking about Bernie at this point or why are you saying that Joe Biden who initially who who uh Joe Biden says uh, post election but Joe Biden says that she and her campaign didn't spend enough time talking about middle-class concerns or other sorts of things. And then her response is then why did Joe go out and campaign for me so strongly?
0: Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh,
2: yeah, it seems like unremarkable things to say. She has the right to say whatever the hell she wants. Yeah. Yes, she does.
0: There are elements. That's exactly right. And, and there are, There are elements of, there's some elements of it that I think are are revealing. Like, and of course, what has happened is she has come in for some criticism for having said this. You're 100% right. She has the right to say whatever, we know, whatever she pleases. None of it is particularly earth shattering or all that compelling. Uh, It has prompted some degree of criticism. Some of which I think is the, I'll get to an interesting example of it in a second, but a lot of it is just the, like, before we get to the interesting, before we get to the interesting (laughs) stuff, I'll do the, actually, I'll, I'll do the predictable stuff, which is she's come in for an enormous amount of criticism just for having said this stuff at all. Um, that doesn't, seem fair. that doesn't seem fair. Uh, then, uh, there has been the predictable backlash against that criticism, a lot of which is reductive and stupid yep. and it is an opportunity for us to re Like it's the same goddamn thing. It was, it was what it was always going to be. Right? Like something was said about 2016, you know, one side soldiered up, the other side soldiered up and they went back to fight each other in the same way. I will say there, there is some occasionally interesting stuff in in there. Like the piece about the way she characterizes, Uh, The debate with Bernie Sanders, Mm. I think, is is revelatory. I'm not. I would not be critical of her for having characterized it this way because there's a degree of truth to it. You know, she would. You know, Bernie Sanders would say everyone should get a pony, and and her response would be, well, how are you going to pay for that pony? Uh, You know, what? You know, where is the pony going to come from? How is the pony going to be? Like all these little details. And he would say magic beans, Um, and then she said, well, there's no such thing as magic beans. And then there would then there then there would be a kind of leftist and then a media backlash of why do you hate ponies? That's actually not an unreasonable characterization of what happened. Right. The pony Did she get the pony? Get the, yeah, exactly. What is the... <laughs> that's right. Why what does she hate is, ponies? Why does she hate ponies? Yeah, exactly. Why is she ducking the, the conversation about hating? So, and I think that's not an unreasonable view. And at the same time, there is something revelatory there about the way this debate has happened, which is that Bernie Sanders will, or the left, will say, we should have some grand plan, some big vision. Mm-hmm. And, and And the kind of center of the party will say... Uh, will run on, well, you can't have that because it's impossible. And it turns out that people don't... And and this, and this there is a way that the kind of centrist, technocratic side of the Democratic Party has lost something really important, which is the ability to dream in a big way. Because it, it, there's a sort of assumption, I think this... And again, Only like... Only economically, though.
2: Yeah, that's take, right. Take the 2016 platform, and that is... That's truly ambitious from a social standpoint. Oh, it is. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's that's exactly right. We're yeah. not applying that you that's an interesting observation. We're not, yeah. well done. Thanks. There we go. Yeah. Finally <laughs> <You know>, an <laughs> hour, not.
0: an hour and a half into this podcast, or however long it's well, been somewhere, payoff, I finally kids. added some value. We're not well everyone done. No, but this is like it is that the that there the idea that like, well, we can't propose something big because we have to be able to show that we've costed it. And it assumes and this is something that i think is just a, is an understandable mistake but i think was a mistake that the that the sort of centrist technocratic left that's true in the uk as well as the us has made which is that voters really want to be governed and that is not true voters don't want to be governed they want to be led and and to lead is to articulate a big often pretty grandiose vision much of which is going to be very hard to achieve but it tells you what it tells people what you aspire to be the world that you mm-hmm. want to live in right mm-hmm. you we, know like making america great again and this is why Make America Great Again is the most devastatingly powerful piece of political marketing in recent memory, because it's a three—it's an 18-syllable, three-act play that speaks exactly to where its people are, and you can read anything into it in the way that you could read what you want to into mm. to hope and change. Yep. But like, this is, it's- And a reduced Hillary, sorry for
2: jumping in, no. but it reduced her for saying America's already great, which mm-hmm. if you had been part of running the government and, the, and truly in parts of the world mm-hmm. for eight years, then- You'd think, hey, actually, look, we're holding this thing together with you know, sure. against all odds, yeah. And you know, America's awesome, and that's not people feel like they're getting a raw deal, mm-hmm. and the things are falling
0: apart. That's right, and I think that there is, and and so some of it is, you know, there's been, and we can. Mm. This is the subject we've talked about before. It's we will talk about it again. Mm. There is the sort of competing explanations for uh, you know what for what happened. Uh, to go back to the title of her book, uh, the competing explanations for what happened have. It has, it has sort of been well, you know. It has been kind of boiled down to uh, this was a reaction of this is a cultural reaction of, of you know Trump voters are racist and misogynist. There were more racist and misogynist than there were other people, like and they lived in the right places and so forth. Um, and that that's what happened. Or that this this particular uh, this particular subject we've talked about before. We'll talk about again. The Democratic Party didn't speak to the to the white working class, which again you know, taking ship advisory, that is a cultural unit it is not an economic distinction, uh, that the, you know, the, the Democratic Party didn't speak to the white working class. Uh, but there is, if you, and, and, and I think that the, the idea that those two ideas, those two explanations are mutually exclusive is going to lead the party into some very bad places. I actually think they are com- entirely complementary. But the point is, if you go to certain parts of this country where, uh, you know, they are economically distressed, certainly, but also the social fabric is beginning to—there's a sense that it's beginning to unravel. So we've seen amongst the demographics to which Trump voters belonged in the states where we lost, uh, uh, marriage rates are down, uh, childbirth is down, Childbirth out of wedlock is, is up because what is happening is people are not forming marriages and women who want to have children are tending to have them on, on their own, in part because women are more economically viable in those communities than men are. Mm. So, you know, for one group, you've got women. So, and I'm just using this as just one example of the phenomenon that I'm talking about. Because of what has happened in, you know, in the Great Lakes region uh, economically and the way that the economy has shaped and women are doing better than, and women have been doing better in the recovery than men, your choice as a woman is, you know, you either take on a relationship with a potentially economically unviable man, mm. uh, if you want to start a family, or you do it yourself, or you move away. Those are all enervating, terrible choices, right? Like, you don't want to do any of those things. And if you are a man, you are denied the status and, and dignity that comes from, and affection that comes from being a, uh, you know, a husband and a father, and, to and, wit, the text you just got from your wife. Yeah, exactly. You're denied the. Yeah, and you are denied the. You know, you're denied all of that. Um, and you know, and we and, and that is one example we can talk about. You know, what the people in these communities dying increasingly what are called deaths of despair, uh, alcoholism, drug addiction, uh, early death from heart disease that's one thing that's happening in this community. Now, one thing that has been broadly noticed is those are all phenomena that have also happened in communities of color where the, you know, it's been diff- there are challenges to starting families in part because black men are incarcerated as a as a matter of industry in this country, right? Like yeah. there's, you know, so there there's some parallels but they've come from different causes. Going to that community and also going to communities of color in this country and saying America is already great is pretty goddamn tenured. And and that's part and that doesn't excuse the racial animus that motivated an enormous amount of Trump support. ta Coates is great in the Atlantic on that this week. Uh, but it goes back to your point. Like you could see how someone would think America is already great because from their perspective, it is, they have a bird's eye view, but from these communities that you need, not just the so-called white working class, but also communities of color. Uh, it, it just doesn't reflect their reality. It mm-hmm, mm-hmm. makes total sense. I think we've it. Yeah, we, <laughs> we figured out what happened. The,
2: the thing that just fundamentally doesn't make sense to me other than, she breathes and people mm-hmm. criticize her, mm-hmm. which I think is a reflexive defense, but still a fair description of mm-hmm. what she goes through. Yeah. Um, I've been wanting an accounting, like mm-hmm. what exactly happened. And this seemed to be a very market driven book. Like there's a huge mm-hmm. clamoring and clearly the left has not put the primary aside, mm-hmm. let alone the race against Trump. You know, we're still processing all that. The fact that she's contributing in, uh, an accountable way towards that
0: I don't understand the criticism I yeah. do not understand that I think that I've kind of come around on that I at one point was fairly critical of this uh, and, and and you can see there's a degree of self-service here like and, and, sure. and I think' there's, there's an element of that sure but, but to be honest with you I think but I you know I think but you were right like it is there is value now either you do it now this is the point that I'll actually make in her defense either you do it now mm-hmm. or you, you never, never do, do it, it right? you, you never mean, do it and so if she
2: hadn't done it she'd been I would have criticized her for
0: that. Yeah, Yeah. But that's right. Like, yeah, she needs right. to
2: step up, tell the truth, or give her accounting of it, mm-hmm. and contribute that to the analysis now. Because yeah. we're figuring out what went wrong is a huge part of what we need to do right now. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh,
1: uh, to her credit, and she writes in the memoir, I quote, I couldn't get the job done, and I'll have to live with that for the rest of my life.
2: Yeah, the people demanding apologies from her, I don't get Because she, yeah. she never stops apologizing. You know, she yeah. says her piece... But she also says it was up to me. I didn't do it. My bad. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, I what mean, the hell else is she supposed to say, right? I mean, you know, I, mean, I, uh, I think she's in a no-win situation. Well, I, which I, is, no, I, I
0: should have. I should have. I should have dropped out and supported Bernie Sanders. I mean, come the fuck on. Right. So
1: in the uh, interview that she gave this morning on CBS Sunday, um, she says, "quote I started the campaign knowing that I would have to work extra hard to make women and men feel more comfortable with the idea of a woman president." Doesn't fit into the the stereotype we all carry around in our head and a lot of the sexism and misogyny was in service of these attitudes. Like, you know, we really don't want a woman commander in
2: chief. So I, I think, think- He's doing research during the show. It's why would I do it
0: beforehand? beforehand. Not awesome. <laughs> research done beforehand yes. does you no good. The you life. might forget it between the time The lack research. of preparation he brings to this really keeps it fresh. Nah, he's an improviser. <laughs> Watch the maestro work. Yeah. No. I, think
1: we I am no Bill yeah. Belichick.
2: <laughs>
1: eh, there's some similarities I, and i don't i guess the sweatpants
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and your noted hatred of the media indeed at least, at least you're wearing pants it's a little uncomfortable here with frank
0: you
1: know, this, this is this is why Frank and I do this from two different states most of the
0: time. Exactly. And, and and with a screen that just shows us from the waist up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this should be a YouTube show. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing ah! <laughs> <laughs> Ellie zone out every once in
2: a while. Like, <laughs> uh, you know.
1: That's just, you know, life. That's life with Ellie. <laughs> All right. So we, now we've relitigated the primaries. We've relitigated the generals. We've relitigated
0: the relitigation. We've relitigated the relitigation. We're in so many layers of process we can't find our way out. Send help.
1: Yeah. When and now and now we're apparently actually looking for David Brooks to help us out through the through the maze.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, he's the only
1: one who can. Evidently, luckily, he's written several books about it, and he'll be teaching a class using those as his main texts. Oh,
2: hey, if I were teaching a class and I had books for people to buy, that's exactly what I'd be doing.
1: Yeah, I took a class in college that uh, was like on the history of the 1950s or history, the cultural history of the 1950s. I don't know what it was. But one of the books we read was about some slavery trade aspect, like very minuscule thing that had nothing to do with the 50s. It was it was like an 1850. And the professor had us read it and somehow connected it just because he wrote it. Wow. Mm. See, that's cheating. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's not. That's, or that's just sport. good hustle. <laughs> that is just good hustle.
0: Again, not mutually exclusive. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, he's yeah, often a good hustle. This
2: guy. That's exactly that's right. Do you know who else hustles well? Parachute sheets.
0: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> is that a thing too? Like, let's say it is.
1: I don't know. <laughs> I think I heard that once. <laughs>
0: But That sweet, sweet Jepson's Malort endorsement. <laughs> I think I heard that once. The Haley <laughs> Jacob story. Yeah. <laughs>
1: hey, if you can't repeat the thing that you may have potentially heard once, what good are you?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> or extemporaneously come up with something that just falls flat and say, oh, I heard that from someone else. There you go. <laughs> it's <laughs> called self-preservation, John. <generally. laughs> that's exactly
0: where, where we're at. Just giving the people what they want.
1: All right, so are we done talking about things that we're not talking about? Do we want to keep talking with Jason about important things? Uh, Jason, you want to talk to us
2: about what's going on in Texas and how people can help? They can help by texting Harvey to 90999. That will give $10 to the Red Cross, which is running all the shelters in Texas right now. You can have your criticism of the Red Cross after we're done with our hurricane, please. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. that's fair. There's a lot of things that people can say about the Red Cross, but they're the ones who show up to to run the shelters when people get homeless. So, so Harvey to nine zero nine nine nine. Yes, All right. it's very nearly a, a Herman Cain thing. <laughs> How did he not end up in the cabinet? Here we go. Remember when just worrying, making fun of Herman Cain was as dumb as we got. Yeah, those are good times.
0: Oh, that was so much fun. I love the ad that ends with a 30-second smile of his so much. It was the oh, best thing I've yeah. ever seen. That was great. God, it was a simpler time. Yeah.
2: When Is Godfather Pizza
0: still been business?
2: I haven't seen a Godfather's Pizza for years, but maybe that's just become a regional thing. Could be.
0: All right, guys. I am, do- I am donated now uh, per uh, Jason's instruction. It's very easy. Please do it. Thank you. You are welcome. Yeah, that's good. That's uh, almost literally the least I can do. And
2: if you want any other way to help anyone in Texas, we have all the donation and volunteer opportunities up on mayoradler.com. If you know you're so inclined, we can use all the help. It's going to be a long time. Florida's in for it. Mm-hmm. Me? Yeah, that, there's also just the chance that they decide not to rebuild Florida.
0: Per that or per that earlier piece, where they just like, <laughs> you know, what that dude who wrote that article was right. We should never have yeah. done
1: this. This was a terrible idea.
0: Let's move the. We'll move the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to uh, you know to uh, uh, I guess back to St. Louis. They don't have a team now. Uh, move the Miami Dolphins to Salt Lake City, and the Jaguars will just quietly let slip into the sea. <laughs> <laughs> if the Jaguars closed up shop,
2: how many people would notice?
0: Well, I mean there's, there's, probably there's, 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 William there's Jacksonville there's, there's, there's fifty three men who, as far as board. I can tell, are otherwise unemployable. So, you know, they would they would certainly you know, That's uh, that, that would mean <laughs> Alan Robinson is an excellent wide receiver. I'm sorry, Alan Robinson. I didn't mean to I didn't mean to do you dirty like that. I've slandered
2: <laughs> so many good people.
0: Dude, I'm just I'm just dishing them out right now. People listen to this podcast, you'd be in such trouble. I am in no mood. That's exactly thank <laughs> God, thank God, it's just us here. Yeah. If someone were recording this, I'd really be fine.
1: <laughs> How much bacon did Frank have for breakfast? <laughs> What's got him so amped up?
0: I'm, I'm chicken and waffles, man. I'm 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 fed and ready to fight.
1: Yep. Do you go? Do y'all go to Lincoln's?
2: No, we went. Uh, uh, what is the called? Good Silver. The Good Silver. I had a yogurt. I had a yogurt parfait that was not a parfait. That I don't know what right. either
1: of those words are. So God
2: damn outright. Cover <laughs> <it's laughs> <a little> his <laughs> <piss> off about <laughs> of We all know what a parfait is. It's got, let's know what you name the. We 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 was, right, I mean, simple. We bowl. all know what a, a parfait. Is. My <laughs> <God>. <laughs> How hard is it to get a parfait are, wrong? These are the Just tell me it's a bowl of yogurt and
0: granola, I'm fine. Just don't lie to me about a parfait. God. This is it. This is our new thing. What are we warning against alt centrism and people misrepresenting parfaits? I this is the country. Yes.
1: This is how you get, this is how we get back. This, this was all, J, this was
0: Jason's. I took a friend for a parfait. <laughs> no, it not even a parfait. She didn't, she didn't know, she only had a high school degree, so she didn't know what a parfait was. So we went instead to Waffle House. <laughs> <laughs> David Brooks story.
1: This was all just Jason's scheme to get us back into
0: a lifestyle blog. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, the ranch. We, we, tur- we turned takes. it we turned into a brunch related lifestyle hot podcast takes so about gradually. Hot takes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. No, no, no. Well, we all need to switch to decaf. Uh, oh, coffee. That'd be a good idea. Yeah. Yep. All
1: right. So, uh,
2: with that. <laughs> 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 that disquisition on that yeah, exactly. um, and all things brunch yeah exactly. <laughs> we'll, we'll like, leave it there people uh, spend their time listening to this that's brilliant
1: i uh, know uh, <laughs> yeah and only most of them are retired as far as we can tell
2: oh cool yeah
1: uh thank you all for joining us jason thank you very much for taking the time to join us please be sure to subscribe and rate us on itunes follow us on twitter at at taking ship and that's ship with a p as in parfait yeah What I did there uh, Uh, And also check out our Facebook page. (laughs) And with that, uh, Frank,
0: where are we headed this week? We go this week to southern England, to the Burling Gap in Sussex, where uh, a little more than a week ago, beachgoers were sickened by what has been described as a chemical haze that just sort of wafted in off the sea. Uh, No one was seriously hurt, but 150 people were treated at the local hospital and perhaps hundreds more were affected by this haze, uh, which caused streaming eyes and respiratory distress. Again, no one was seriously hurt. And again, because I don't want to bury the lead here, this poisonous haze came in from the sea and no one knows from where or why. So naturally, our thoughts turned immediately to the perfidious French, but it seems that uh, conjuring a gas cloud that wafts across the entire English Channel and retains any of its potency is beyond even their devilish ingenuity. Uh, this mystery is clearly a case for Ellie and me. It involves the sea, of which we are masters. It involves chemistry, of which we have heard. It involves stirring up trouble between Britain and France during Brexit negotiations, and potentially destabilizing this already tenuous process, which is essentially our life's work. Friends, we take ship now for the Burling Gap. Take care, everybody.